Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I am really, really honored today to have my new friend and colleague, Kenny Mamarella de Cruz. Uh, he is the founder of Men Speaks Men's Groups and was dubbed the Man Whisperer by Newsweek. For the past 20 years, Kenny has created safe spaces for men's voices to be heard, empowering men to open up and talk about mental and emotional health issues. Kenny is a regular commentator on men's mental health issues in the media and also runs training workshops for practitioners and the public on how to facilitate men's groups. His podcasts, which include lives men's groups in the studio and basic tools for conscious communication, can be downloaded from www.mensgroups.co.uk. Kenny, we have a lot to talk about. Welcome. Do you know, I'm already enjoying sitting with you and just being in this space, so thank you. I, I know that, that getting real, being real and being present is really, really important for you, and so yeah. I'm honored to do that with you. Mm. You know, first thing I notice is on your right shoulder, there's an angel that says, live the life you've imagined. Yes. And one of the most painful things I notice around is the way that people are doing and doing and doing and um, surviving their fears and their fantasies and trying to fix things. And I kind of, and, and it's so kind of not just toxic, but competitive. Mm -hmm. To me, it's very, very much like boy behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, the man behavior is collaborating and receiving and responding rather than reacting and being. And I find that if there isn't a being space, and for me, that's it's kind of similar to the life that you've imagined. It's that space of sitting with who I am in the universe, in peace, right here and now, mm -hmm. to allow uh, some space for magic to come in, mm -hmm. for imagination or feeling or heart to expand and reach out, and for that frequency to somehow be responded to, bringing signs, maybe temptations, opportunities, coincidences. That being is so magical. And that's where the life that's been imagined and the life of dreams, I believe, can can show up. And then it's up to me or it's up to us to notice it, to be a good Columbo <laughs> <laughs> and respond to it, to take yeah. part in the dance of life. Yes. And what could be more intimate? Yeah. Well, I, I think that that's, I think that's where people get stuck is they're so busy with, um, you know, the responsibilities and, and the ways that they think that they should be, you yeah. know, I know I've heard you say, who am I? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm too busy trying to figure out who am I yeah. rather than just being the I am. Yeah. Yeah. Right. From am I to I am. Uh -huh. And I would say, am I is the addiction that so many, not only individuals, but even parents, grandparents, communities, 
countries, societies have is like handing power to the outside mm -hmm. and asking, am I good enough? Am I going to be humiliated, abandoned, rejected, etc., etc.? And it's like, am I smart enough? Am I loud enough? Am I glitzy enough? Am I pretty enough? Uh, do I have enough likes? It's all the power outside. Mm -hmm. Where is anyone supposed to meet who I am if I don't exist apart from what you make me? And for me, switching from am I to who I am is at least I have a sense of self. And from my sense of self, I can um, extend myself to where you are and we have somewhere to meet. Mm -hmm. And then we can start the dance of life otherwise it's like am i this that and the other and it's all like fear and fantasy and it's that gap that can cause so much pain in the separation that people especially these days with social media leave alone you know the whole big car and big house and bling and everything it's like when i'm good enough then i will take part Mm -hmm. And all the energy is into separation and being good enough to take part rather than taking part. Mm -hmm. But don't, crazy. don't you, don't you think, I mean, because of your experience and, and I'm, and I want to talk about, you know, your takeoff and landing yesterday and today because of the anniversary of you leaving Uganda with your family as a, as a young boy you know, yeah. all of those struggles and challenges and traumatic experiences um, that caused you to have fear in your surroundings and, you know, probably within yourself too, you know, so mm -hmm. that, so that all of those things um, basically like are blocks that create this fear and sense of separation Mm. that separate you from that I am. Mm. Mm. So, so you want to talk mm. about how you like went through that experience to, to, to overcome those feelings of fear and separation. Yeah. Well, I guess my story's um, a little bit dramatic in places. It is. Yes. <laughs> Where when I was seven, um, my family were on the Idi Amin Secret Service death list. Mm -hmm. So we had uh, phone calls, we were followed, our phones were tapped, death threats, and we went into hiding. Uh, my grandparents, so my family's from Goa, so we were brought up Catholic Portuguese. And my grandparents went back to Goa to find that Goa doesn't actually exist anymore. It was taken over by India. Mm -hmm. And it's a very different land. Um, their property was taken. And that was another mess. So we wouldn't be going there. Um, and then it was like, well, we are somehow contaminated, dangerous to know, um, because we were on the death list. So we could really not be in touch with other people. We went into hiding. My father was left in Uganda. We didn't really expect to see him again. Mm -hmm. um, he told me that you may never see me again and you're the head of the family now. You have to take care of them. At, age, at age what? That was seven, seven, yeah. maybe eight, seven. You have to be the man of the family at age seven. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And um, 
you know, in a way, it was normality. Mm-hmm. It was what it was, rather than, oh my God, this is a big deal. It was uh-huh. what it was. Uh-huh. Um, now that life is safe and we're all doing fine, we can afford to stop and look and feel and talk about it. Then we had to survive it. Yes. And to talk about it, to stop, might be something that tips one of us and therefore possibly all of us over the edge and then would we make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, we ended up in refugee camps here, my, here being the UK. My father was smuggled over to Italy, so he, he ex- ex- escaped to execution. Um, and he joined us here much later after running refugee camps in Italy and organising a hunger strike and things over there. And we ended up moving into a small town in Wales because it was Catholic and it wasn't north because north is cold. Mm. It wasn't cities because cities are race riots and not safe. So we were brought up amongst um, English, Welsh, Irish, Italian, which is what we were used to in church in Uganda anyway. So Uh it was good. And I had various mental health issues from obsessive compulsive disorder to body dysmorphia, Tourette's, cryptomania, and various other things, eating disorders, uh, suicidal thoughts, so they might have one less mouth to feed. Do you, um, think, do you think that that was all of your fear, just like all of um, your fear, like holding it in your body? That, I would say, was I was in an impossible situation that I couldn't fix. Uh-huh. And boys like to fix. Right. And I was, um, as the oldest boy, excuse me, um, there was the Oedipal thing going on. So I was the special golden boy. Mm-hmm. For three years, I was the only boy. Um, so I was used to being sensitive and in a way responsible for the emotions of the women, my mother, godmother and grandmother, Mm -hmm. um, and also adored by the women. And there was a kind of codependent enmeshed relationship that happened that we didn't see as wrong or bad. It was fine. It was normal. It was normal, Um, right. And it was a little bit John Boy Walton. Do you know? Do, 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 do. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't really one of the adults. Right. I wasn't really one of the children. Right. You were I in wasn't, between. And I wasn't really even male or one of the men. So it was in limbo. It was kind of in between. Mm-hmm. So with that, I could respond to and step up to doing these things as normal. Um, and whatever it was that I was feeling, I internalized it. So I guess the obsessive compulsive was trying to be in control of the outside world mm-hmm. and trying to make sure that no harm is caused or felt by anyone and taking all of that on. Mm-hmm. And um, that's quite a dramatic story. And there's more and more to it and, you know, the various adventures of. But. On the other hand, you could say it's a very normal, ordinary story because it's a boy 
enmeshed with his mother, who's sensitive and wants everyone to love each other and be happy. Mm -hmm. And the family is a decent family, therefore second-guessing what other people think and wanting to be part of community or not excluded, which might just come from, I don't know, playgrounds from how many generations back. So in a way, mine might be more dramatic, but maybe because there was love, it was less dramatic than someone from an alcoholic family with just one parent or where there was a death or something so i could milk my story and make myself so special and glamorous <laughs> you are special <laughs> and glamorous kenny <laughs> but you know i'm not sure that would be as helpful and maybe having a special glamorous story uh, gets me in front of people so i can say that actually these feelings and these thoughts and these issues are universal and whether I'm male or female or masculine or feminine, um, it's the same. It's, it's the, the issues same. that we have. It's and the same. we are the same. Um, and it's like, I, I was, I guess, lucky that we were poor because I needed to somehow sort myself out. And I needed to learn how to unlearn these things and unlearn my, my restrictions mm-hmm. um, and pains and fears and naturally pass it on. And if, if I didn't have such drama, then maybe I wouldn't have these tools and I wouldn't be able to pass it on. So I have, shall I tell you my, my cosmic um, understanding fantasy? Of, of how course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I, I'm all about cosmic. <laughs> so I have this fantasy. I mean, for all I know, it's written in a book somewhere. I have no idea. The book, the book of love and truth. It could be yeah. <laughs> the good book um, where I agreed, or I believe I agreed to come here uh, this time, this place, this reality, mm-hmm. um, to contribute certain things, mm-hmm. to experience certain things, uh, to take part in certain things, maybe in love as well as in pain. Right. And to kind of, have these intense experiences with other beings um, and especially the pain ones, because I believe in order to share pain with someone and not abandon ship, especially if they're not family, because it's not that easy to get, a, get away from people uh, who are blood family, but if it's chosen family and we still stay through the pain, then that is a really loving relationship to go through pain and forgiveness and stay the whole hog and learn the lesson and move through it. Not necessarily that you have to always be together, but to be together for that lesson, that depth, that catalyst, that's mighty important. Mm -hmm. So my fantasy is that I agreed to come down to these things. But when I come down, I wouldn't be able to bring all my awareness with me. Because if I did... I wouldn't be able to have the experiences that I want. Right. So then if I can set myself little dramatic bombs (laughs) and those bombs, like, I don't know, death threats or mental health issues or whatever it is, are things that cause me harm that I cannot ignore. Mm -hmm. Then I've got to somehow 
make peace with them, unlearn them, and set myself free. Yes. And what I found out for myself and with pretty much everyone I've worked with is as I unlearn these things that might have been true then or they might have been fantasy then or whatever, but here and now they're not or they're, they've passed their sell-by day. As I unlearn these things, I pick up my tools and my tools will enable me to walk my path and make that contribution. Mm -hmm. So that's my cosmic take. Maybe I'm still a control freak, but that's my cosmic <laughs> take on how it works. And you know, the one other huge thing that I didn't expect to happen is that also set me free of my judgments of other people. Yes. Maybe I'm here learning this now, and maybe the pe people I judge have had that in their cosmic bank account forever, mm -hmm. and they're just here for another experience. So, yeah. I, I believe, I mean, I think I had told you about my traumatic marriage. You know, I mean, that was my biggest uh, heartbreak experience in my life. And, yeah. and all of the people that I have been connected with um, most recently, it is all of our pain and suffering that has helped us remember our truth. And, and this is... Um, this is like overcoming those fears of rejection and abandonment and feeling unworthy and not enough. And it's really developing deep, deep honor and compassion for who we are as humans. And it brings us the sense of understanding more about myself so that I can in turn um, try to understand you better and yeah and come to this place of love and acceptance right here and right now of myself mm. and everyone else. Mm. The thing that strikes me as you say that is um, a very male thing and a big problem. And I guess one of the reasons I do my work is to be met in your pain and to be met in your trauma mm -hmm. takes another person who is willing to feel their own pain and trauma mm -hmm. and therefore have the depth to meet you mm -hmm. and what very often happens with males if they go to their friends or wherever a lot of males go if they're lucky enough to have friends and so many don't these days right is they will say suck it up exactly have another drink yeah don't be so silly right get over it don't There's be a wuss Exactly. And this is the yeah. whole man up thing. And the right. whole man up, man up thing, I've needed to turn it around because, yeah, man up, but man up and talk about it. Yeah. Man up and step into your power through your vulnerability. Yes. And what you're talking about with the people that you know, and I think also the people that I attract, is we are willing to know ourselves and meet ourselves and meet other people there so we can set ourselves free. Because that's the difference between living and surviving. Right. And Groundhog Day is an old movie. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> old. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a way of life. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like that whole, um, you know, suck it up <laughs> or put on a brave face or whatever it is, it's yeah. denying the truth of what's going on internally for you. 
Yeah. And I know that, you know, this whole masculine and, and feminine thing, um, you know, there is so much more awareness of, uh, and I'm going to have a whole dissertation about this, is that, you know, when the masculine and feminine are disconnected within yourself, you, if you're denying all of these aspects of yourself, it's hard for you to, um, to embrace it in other people. And so yeah. that's, that's where I feel like people continue to pretend and hide. And, you know, women ha in general have had more of, um, it's been more socially acceptable for women to express their feelings. Yeah. That's why I know that your work is so important because you are giving men permission to experience the whole of who they are. Do you know, what, one thing I would really like to explore listening to you now is I'd like to tell you my boys to man thing. And I'd like to know from your side, what's the female, what, what the, the female equivalent is. And I feel that boys very much, um, it is competitive um, and it is fixing mm -hmm. and it is um, reacting. Um, and it's very... I can't be female or, or seem to be female in any way. So right. there's, there's no listening. There's no collaboration. Huh? What did you say? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. And, and with the men, the men include the feminine so they, we can receive and feel and respond rather than fix right. and not feel anything. It's all fixing and fear and reacting. So right. a man includes the feminine. And it's very strange the way people call these, or us, more feminine men or men um, in touch with our feminine sides. Because surely a man who's not is a boy. Mm -hmm. So is there a female part to that? I mean, is it something like all feeling but no? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I... The difference between a girl and a woman. Well, the difference between a girl and, the, and a woman, I feel like is more reactivity as well and chaos. Chaos and, you know, if you, if you, think, if you think of a teenage girl, you know, or, or a teenage boy, I mean, they're both more impulsive, more reactive, more um, in, their yeah. own, in their own world, but not in their own, um, not in their own. Um, not embodied embodies yeah not embodied ah. and so and and i think this has been an issue for women as well because we have had to um in essence manage the emotionality of of our male partners and our male children um mm -hmm. and it's so so women in essence i think have become more masculine yeah or, or doing <laughs> More yeah. do or giving, more um, action oriented, and mm. so this is why I think um, that women are now trying to get in touch and find that balance. To yeah. I, I'm tired of doing so much. I want to just be. I want to use my intuition and my femininity to mm. um, to nurture and create this sense of community and mm. allow men to show up, um, to show up as men. Mm. 
and not boys because I, because I feel like a lot of men act like little boys. A lot of men have abandoned little boys in them and the uh -huh. man in them hasn't showed up to yes. take care of this little boy. So they send the little boy into the world or to women saying, take care of the little, be my mummy. Yes. And I guess a lot of women or girls were so good playing with their dollies that they just want more dollies to punish and <laughs> I'll be your bad mummy. And, you know, it's stuff <laughs> in the playground. And one of the most important things I feel I do with men is once they understand everything, why everything happened in their life and why they are in the situation they're in, you know, no more questions. That can be done relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but what they don't know how to do is now I know how can I be differently? How can I take part in the world differently? And how can I manifest the world that can meet me um, rather than the world that I'm used to surviving? Mm -hmm. That's the shift from the inside. And this is where they know the boy in them. They know the protector in them who keeps creating the same trouble because it knows how to survive that trouble. Right. And therefore there is control. Right. But what they don't know is how to know the man in them because something magical happens every time I introduce someone to the man in them who can take care of the boy in them and then that man can meet the world and the boy is no longer sent in to do a man's job. Plus the hugest bonus and as we are cosmic twins, I know you will get this. <laughs> the huge bonus is once that man is established and that boy is safe or that child is safe. I mean, this has got nothing to do with gender. No. Right. And that spark of energy, that pure child, before the spirit was fractured or broken in any way, that's the part of God that can whisper in the man's ear mm. that they call intuition. Yeah. And that's the alignment and the connection, the first inner connection that can allow true outer connection. And then things fall into place, I feel. I, I, I so agree with you. I feel like this little boy is, and little girl is the child within us that has a hard time understanding our emotions. We don't, yeah. we don't understand what's going on internally. Therefore we act and react in very childish ways. Mm. And I mm. think this is what happens in a lot of relationships. Um, you, you, it starts with a feeling in your body. I believe mm. that you feel some anxiety in your stomach, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, this mm. sort of constriction, and you don't know what it's about. You don't know. Um, you don't know really what's going on inside of you. And instead yeah. of going away and trying to figure it out, I think yeah. a lot of people just go bleh, right, yeah. onto yeah. the people yeah. around them. And yeah. so then it becomes an external thing or a blame game or why did you do as opposed to oh my gosh, I'm feeling this sense of anxiety. It, I'm feeling mm. triggered. I'm feeling abandoned like the time when my dad left me and yeah. you know, I didn't see him or I didn't have any contact with him. Yeah. And this is where, I mean, my work as a therapist um, was 
a lot of times really about reparenting yourself. Mm. Right? That's where it begins. Uh And to an extent, that's probably where it ends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like you become the great father and the great mother. And I love that it happened today with a client where I spoke to his protecting part uh-huh. and his protector after we got to know that this part showed up when he was, I think it was seven years old um, because suddenly he's away from home and he's in school and it's vulnerable. So a part needed to show up mm-hmm. to meet the world and protect that spirit. Mm-hmm. And that part has been pretty much running his life ever since. And that's not a bad thing. It's no, just that, I mean, it's a way to survive. It's a way to protect exactly, yourself. Exactly. Right. And the protector not only needs to know when the war is over, yeah. but the protector needs to have another part to work with. And what generally happens, I find, in people's lives is the protector is full of second-guessing and fear which can be a huge addiction Uh and doing a very, very good job to keep this spirit safe. Uh And then it keeps the man stroke child young at quite a young age, putting up on a good front, pretending to be a man and carrying on. Uh So I asked how old the the boy, the the man in, not the man, but the man he was presenting to the world was Uh same age, 14 but pretending to be older. Right. When we made, when we had the conversation, we moved to know the man in him. It was such a different situation where that man just sitting in his being Mm -hmm. in the present moment, not fantasizing and fearing the future or being freaked out by the past. Right. But, being here and now, present and connected in this moment, safe. Mm. And I asked his age, and it's like, actually, it's 42, it's my age. And he was himself. But what the switch that hadn't taken place is the man in him was still waiting for permission by the dominant protector. Uh And they didn't know how to work together. Mm -hmm. And the protector would fear something, jump in and take the life over. And that was it. Where now the protector can second guess what might happen in the future as the man walks forward in life, in vulnerability and in power even if it's one step at a time, which it needs to be. It, it always I, is. And with every step, it's a different landscape. Yeah. So the protector can inform the man rather than freak out that poor spirit. <laughs> and the man can, this is the feminine, the man can receive it, yeah. listen to it, ground it, and respond to it. Yeah. What a relief. That's where the life really begins. And that's, that makes space for other people to come to the party rather than this codependent survival thing that right. recreates the same story with different players. Yeah, I, and, I think that's that whole amygdala fight or flight. You know, it's, it's exactly. that ego and your thoughts spinning these tales of war 
and destruction and fear and separation, yeah. you know, and, and that's, yeah. that's that little boy who's, who just wants to throw punches, right. Yeah. And, and yeah. protect himself and be sort of in control, have, you know, like build his own fortress around him. Yeah. But yeah. we are, we are created to be connected. Yeah. And Absolutely. so, and so how do we, in, how do we, um, you know, push aside those fears and really integrate the wholeness of who we are so that we, we create not a fortress, but like a bridge of safety and connection so yeah. that we can be, you know, with ourselves and be with others in a, mm. in a real and authentic way. Mm. What I've realized is um, that I need to accept all of this, uh-huh. including, and I'm very embarrassed to admit this, including my inner Trump and my inner Boris. <laughs> I need to accept them. Because if it's in my world, and they are, yes, then it's in me. Right. And I hate to admit it, right. but it was me all along. Right. I, <laughs> I know, knew- that's, that's the shadow that you go, ooh, I don't like that, but exactly. I am that, and how do I deal with it? Exactly. So the more I can accept my dark shadow uh-huh. and turn the volume down, uh-huh. and my fear feeds off the dark shadow, My fear actually energizes what I want to go rather than what I want to grow. Mm -hmm. So I need to take responsibility for that and accept it. Because if I push it down and I push it away, I'm actually feeding it. Right. And And I think a lot of people don't understand that. It's like what you repress, it's just expressed in other more negative and, and, you know, unhealthy ways. And if I don't accept it in me, then I'm going to demand that other people show up in my life right. and they express it for me. Right. And then I'll point the finger at them and make them the wrong person. Meanwhile, it's my codependent relationship. If only I accept parts of that part of me, it doesn't need to come up in relationship or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it comes to me and I can turn the volume down. And then I get to move on. It makes space for the goodness. And as I accept my dark shadow and I unlearn what's not true, then I have space to energize my golden shadow of what I want more of. And I don't need to deny the good stuff. I don't need to think, right, until I am enlightened and perfect and the world is wonderful, I will not be happy and I will not have blah, blah, blah. Right. It's right here and right now, right now. Yes. because there only is right here and right now. So exactly. yeah, big one to learn. And what you were saying about, um, I guess, intimacy in a way is I needed and need to be met here and now, mm-hmm. irrespective of what's going on. And I had no idea about boundaries. I was, I was like, Barbie's Ken doll. I was a plaything for the girls, basically. Uh, <laughs> hey, most guys really wanted to be that, anyways. <laughs> that's, that's the scared boys. The scared yeah. boys do want to be that, and they'll probably complain about it, but then they'll feel safe uh-huh. and they'll get a fix of love or sex or food or uh-huh. being dressed up or whatever uh-huh. it is that they want. 
So that's their fear. But do the men feel met and connected? Do the women feel met and connected? Or is it just playground fixing on the surface? Right. And that's a shame. But I really realized that, and I can't blame my family or me or anyone, that that's how I was. That's the best that my family and I knew. Mm -hmm. So I was responsible for the women, but it helped me to turn into my own man and realize that if I have boundaries, and I thought that boundaries were barriers against people, and only bad people have them. But then I realized that boundaries are so intimate that it's verging on rude when I first realized. But it's an intimate place where people truly say, this is where I am. This is where I'll meet you. Not more, not less, but let's meet here and then enter the dance of intimacy to see where we want this to go, if anywhere. But finally, I got to meet the God in me, got to meet the God in you. The playful minx in me got to meet the playful minx in you. The businessman in me got to, and so it goes on. But we met, we met somewhere true and real, rather than playing, you know, there's the game of, I have no boundaries, I'm all love, blah, 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 and then bitching behind your back and suddenly disappearing because I don't know how to communicate. Yeah. And I, that's not very adult. No, I, and I think, that, I think that that's why most people struggle in relationships. You know, it's this, it's this navigation of who am I? Who, who am I? I am, yeah. right? <laughs> and, yeah. and your boundaries is defining I am. Yeah. And, and do you, do you see me and acknowledge me and understand me and, and accept me as I am? Yeah. And I think before that as well is, can I see me and acknowledge me and accept me? Because so often I find, especially as couples are together for a while, um, the pattern, and maybe this is just the pattern that I've but the pattern in my clients is they go together on their merry way and it's all razzmatazz and love and maybe they have kids and whatever it is for 18 then, for 18 months <laughs> razzmatazz for 18 months <laughs> very often honeymoon period <laughs> and then she moves forward and she continues to be her but he doesn't quite know what to do uh-huh. or where to put himself and it's like how do I do this? I can't be charming. I can't be cheeky. I, how do I do, do this? And he doesn't know how to be who he is. Mm-hmm. So she has someone to love. Meanwhile, especially these days, women are a lot more empowered, a lot more self-aware, mm-hmm. a lot less taking off abuse and hoodwinking. Right. With a lot of very, very good role models. It's amazing. You have got it good. Meanwhile, we have a lot of boys making a lot of noise. And some of them are very good at marketing and sales funnels and making themselves famous and stuff like that. But for me, it's not about who's the smart ass leading the way. It's are you being empowered? And it's about individuals stepping into their own power. Mm -hmm. So what often happens is the woman moves on and the man gets lost. And it's like, my tricks aren't working. She's outgrown me. I don't know how to do this. How do I fix this? 
And so many men come to the men's groups thinking, how do I do me right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you can't do you right, but you can get to know who you are and let go of who you no longer need to be. Then there is a you to be loved. And that's very I am. And it's amazing for me how the women are much better at this very often than the boys who then hopefully become men and then meetings can happen. Mm-hmm. I, I think this, I mean, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about my ex, you know, like <laughs> I, I oh, wish, I wish that he would have turned to somebody like you because I, I believe that a lot of men are lost in this. You know, because yeah. they, they show up as men in certain ways, you know, like going to work, paying bills, you know, taking care of family responsibilities, Doing. but, but really don't know how to take care of women's emotionality and take care of their own emotionality. Exactly. You know? So there's this huge block of, uh, to intimacy. And this yeah. is one of the reasons that I struggled, um, in my own marriage is like, you know, I can rely on you for a lot of things, but I can't rely on you to take care of my heart. And if yeah. you can't take care of my heart, even though I ask you over and over or give you ways of how you can do this for me, you know, because mm. uh, to meet me where I am, if mm. you're not willing to meet me where I am, then what's the point? Mm. And mm. it's really sad because there are yeah. a lot of men with these, you know, good, good men who just have not um, taken care of that boy yeah, and truly embodied all of their manhood. Yeah. I'm very clear that, um, there's male and female, but really it's about masculine and feminine. Yes. Yes. And we have very different hormones. Um, and it's very easy for men to say, I do not understand women's hormones. And to an extent, Maybe we never will because we don't experience them. Right. And maybe we are just not built for that level of complexity and extreme, whatever it is that you go through. Um, but a lot of people, including men, will ignore our own hormones. Right. And testosterone and the attention span. I, when, I, in, in, when I went through a change of being more of a feminine man, when I was much younger into more of a masculine man, um, I lost my ability to remember and juggle millions of things at the same time. And that precise um, holding of spinning so many plates. Um, And, but my testosterone and my ability to um, respond quickly or react if necessary to make a quick, sharp decision through the roof. So it changed. It really changed. A lot of boys are never shown how to not be owned by their dicks, but to own their dicks. And that is an unruly boy who doesn't know how to hold and grow his creative energy. That's power to step into. Mm -hmm. And it's not bad. It just needs to be harnessed. Same as all energy. It needs to be harnessed and directed. And then we have things like um, women have 
menstrual cycles, I say men have menstrual cycles. Right. Because we can go a bit crazy when the full moon brews. Right. A few days before, and the testosterone or the vulnerability or the fear or the need for a fight or the need for sex or the need for drink or some sort of yang behavior is just off the scale. Again, a man needs to show a boy how to harness this, how right. to take care of himself, how to make safe. Um, and then when men get older, there's the whole midlife crisis. And suddenly they feel, oh my God, this, um, a friend of mine made a t-shirt for me uh, that says, uh, what was it? Um, it was something like um, having a penis is like being chained to a wild man or a madman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, this thing can take ownership. Yeah. And it needs to be not tamed, no. but owned. Right. Understood. And when the curse for some people subsides and they become older and there's space for them beyond this crazed animal inside them, then they might think, oh my God, thank God I've got my life back, but what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And then they start pointing the finger at going, well, you're wrong with me. It must be you. It's not me. Rather than accepting their aging, mm -hmm. rather than accepting their grounding, their wisdom coming on, their ability to be more present. And how much of this is actually talked about? How much of this is held? How much of this is taught? It's so important. Right. I, I feel like, um, the, you know, the sexual energy is the creative energy, right? It's the, it's the life force, you know, through women's sexuality, literal birth occurs, right? Yeah. But men have, um, have not figured out how to use their sexual energy in a creative and expansive way. And I feel like a lot of men, um, a lot of men use their sexual energy as a way to find connection and to gain, you know, the nurturing and the vulnerability that they're not socially um, conditioned to express and to want and to desire. Yeah. So it's integrating all of those aspects of themselves to, um, yeah, to just fully embody your creative power. Mm. And um, some men do that and yes. do it very well. Uh -huh. But it doesn't sell products right. or boost the media. The media loves the loud, stupid boys yeah. because they can easily buy product and get addicted to things. Mm -hmm. They can easily sell papers and titillate everyone. They can easily be blamed. And that's boyish behavior. There is no man there. It's yeah. boyish behavior. Yeah. So I believe that men have this projection and the shame and the guilt and everything else put on us. And where do the, the good men go? And it can often be said that, um, and, and I've experienced this, where uh, in arguments, or, and they get into arguments, it could be confrontations, it could be discussions, the man will back down and not take part. 
and everyone will believe it's because the woman is right. It might be fairer to say the masculine and the feminine. And the feminine mind is incredibly articulate. And this isn't right or wrong. This is this just is with all the concepts and all the layers and everything's in order and it just makes precise sense. And that mind wants to be met so it can be understood and grow and things can be more connected and, you know, the alchemy takes place. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the more masculine mind just doesn't have that capacity to slow things down and plot. It's almost like it turns from a mind field into a mind field mm -hmm. because the mask masculine will come in and want to take part and start exploring from there. But wherever that mind takes part will be wrong or will be unthought of or will have a layer or a tangent or something that might cause offence. And I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong. It's almost like different languages. Right. So a lot of men will back off thinking that is a minefield and I won't win. So I'm going to step back. So there is like that common meeting place. And I don't believe that such complicated issues always belong in the mind. I believe that if there is a connection from the heart, yes. then there's less to be said. Yes. There's more to be felt, explored, or even just fall into place to allow things to naturally and honestly flow. I remember when nonviolent communication became um, very popular and being in the south of England, um, what a wonderful tool for manipulation and passive aggression. <laughs> <laughs> it was outrageous. When you, I feel, yeah. I need, would you be willing to? It's crazy. <laughs> until no one says a word until there is a heart connection. Yeah. Then there is no passive aggression. Then there is true connection. And we're on the same side for the magic to happen. I, I just read something which I wish I had known when I was married because I, I said this a lot during my marriage. I said, I feel like we're in competition. I feel like we're in a boxing ring and we're competitors. And somebody just wrote, you know, when they're having a, a disagreement or a conflict that they always stop themselves and say, wait a second, remember, we're on the same team. Yeah. And that's that heart connection. Exactly. Where you, instead of, you know, pointing the fingers and blaming and all that kind of stuff, it's like, wait a second, this is where we're supposed to meet each other. It mm. doesn't matter all of the external things. It doesn't matter if we have differences of opinion, <clears throat> mm. which I think a lot of times people say, well, if you don't agree with me, then you're not respecting me or honoring me. That has mm. nothing to do with it. Yeah. I honor you and I disagree with you. Yeah, we're honoring two, and loving doesn't mean colluding. Yeah, we're, we're two different people. We have two different ways of viewing the world. I think, you know, thank you for sharing your perspective and mm. thank you for listening to my perspective. Mm. All it is, is I see you, I hear you, I understand you, I accept you. Mm. Whether or mm. not I agree with you is not the same thing, but all no. of that, all of that um, agreement and acceptance is all from the heart. 
Mm. You know, I want Mm. to be connected with you. We are still facing in the same direction. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. You know, another thing that um, we were talking about the protector Mm -hmm. and there not being any space for the man Mm -hmm. or for downtime. Head, give me a break. Uh (laughs) And one thing that... Not not that head, this head. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That head, it's like, give me energy. Yeah. But stop owning me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, one thing that so many men have said is the time that they are not owned by their protector when they can be free mm-hmm. or connected or take a risk uh, and not fear humiliation and abandonment, play, express, mm-hmm. is after a drink. Mm. How interesting that it takes, because of a lack of inner communication, inner awareness or ability to manage things from the inside, Mm-hmm. that it takes a certain level of intoxication in order for the off switch to be flicked and for there to be space for the man to exist. And so many males have said or realized that they don't have any idea what their needs are. They yeah. don't know who they are. They yeah. don't know what they need. All they have is a second guess of what's ex- expected and how to survive. But they suddenly exist when there is an off duty and it's, it's kind of putting a shining a different light on drinking. Um, and as, as far as I'm concerned, drink drugs, work, whatever it is that people are into sex or whatever can take an edge off. So a man can survive, mm-hmm. but this is just at such a high and toxic frequency. There are other ways of making being time for me it could be walking in the forest breathing meditating breathing i was going to say deep breathing like just yeah. stop and take a few deep breaths yeah like bringing yourself back to this present moment yeah yeah and for things to pass it's laughing crying moving but one of my favorite ways of being is ironing my shirts ironing really Oh, uh, it is so grounding. You want to come to my relaxing. house and do that? <laughs> I don't do pleats. <laughs> but, you know, with all this do, 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 click, click, click. Yeah. This one, that one. What do I need? To stop. And, you know, stop. I can have friends yeah. around. I have had parties from my 20s where at some stage everyone's having a good time. And I'll think, right, you know, what's missed? and I get out my and everyone would carry on having a good time but you know it's my party and I'll iron if I want to (laughs) (laughs) whatever floats your boat as long as there's space to be yeah and to know the needs and to take personal responsibility for the needs yes yeah I think that's it, it it all comes down to this I mean I say this at the end of my podcast every time the most important relationship you will ever have is the one you have with yourself. So it all comes back to you. It all comes back to you taking responsibility for your own internal uh, being, you know, and, and Mm. recognizing what's coming up for you, recognizing what you need, recognizing your triggers, 
you know, all of those ways that you need to show up as the man you are, as the woman mm. I am, so mm. that I am fully embodied as my integrated masculine and feminine yeah. um, and just being present in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Way beyond our genitals. There's a time and a place for every party. Yeah. And so many people um, try and fill the hole with all sorts of craziness. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, my hole, my emotional hole, and filling it with drink, drugs, sex, money, love, whatever, it does not make me whole. No, mm -mm. no. I mean, mm. that's that's the to, to me, all of those things are a way to escape the whole. You know, it's yeah. a way to to numb and hide and pretend. Get a fix and move on. Get another fix and move on. Right. And doesn't the media glamorize that and normalize that? Yeah. and make an awful lot of money supporting that. Yeah, but this is what we're here to do. You know, we are here to show people the truth, the way, the light. And what a very, very well iron shirt looks like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the OCD in me, surely. <laughs> You can come and iron my shirts anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what beautiful work you are doing. Thank you. You too. Yeah, I mean, how 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 do you help women come meet men where they are? Um or is it just about showing men how to show up? Yeah. And I mean, women I, coming along for the ride. I must admit, I get a lot of emails from women as well as from dating companies saying, we need good men and we know you have some now. Hand them over. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the, <clears throat> the biggest possible compliment. Yeah. And it's true. It's totally true. But it's talking about the whole again. A whole man. Uh -huh. can attract and be with a whole woman. Uh -huh. A whole woman can attract and be with a whole man. And I've got a few kind of relationship type exercises and they're so simple. I mean, there's one very basic one of write a list of everything you want your ideal partner mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. and to have and to express and all of those wonderful things. Be very, very, very clear about that list. That's the first step. And the second step is be all those things. Yes. Because then he or she is not going to be your shadow to fix everything. Right. Then you are stepping into that energy and attracting that energy. Yeah. And then the next one is write a list of your day-to-day -day stuff like and realistically because it's fine to say good sense of humor and i love going to the theater but if there's nothing to laugh about and you're always working and your family takes over and there isn't a theater in your town then what is this nonsense right but the day-to-day -day is um stuff like what do you like to do in the morning what do you like to do in the few minutes that you 
have when you pass each other on a Saturday afternoon after you're doing your thing and he or she is doing her thing or his thing. It's that basic essence, the flavor of the connection. I mean, sure, there's the stuff as well that you love to do when, when you're spending time. But I'm talking about the essence, mm. the flavor, the texture, the quality of, um, I guess, both love and hate. Because I think it would be very healthy for people to every now and again be close enough to project the hate and own it mm-hmm. and unpack it together and grow from that rather right. than nicey, nicey pedestal. And then I'll turn on you later. It's like, right. That's unaware. But let's get real. Right. Who would you like to have in your life that you can be in pain with and still trust? that you can close down to and have closed down to you and still show up when that passes because all things need to pass. And for me, that is real. Yeah. I want, I want somebody to be a safe container for me when I'm feeling chaotic and unsafe. And I want to be able to be that safe container for somebody else to show up however they are in that present moment and be able to express their truth. And for me to say, wow, that must be really hard for you. Thank you for sharing. I'm just bearing witness to who you are in this present moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm still offering you my heart. Mm-hmm. There are two things that I'd like to say before they, they slip my mind and they might before the end of this sentence. Um, the first one is a very simple little trick, um, follow the feeling, where when I'm triggered by anyone or anything and I want to lash out or go hide and go invisible or whatever it is I want to do, rather than taking it out on the drama or situation in hand, Mm -hmm. it's up to me to take a deep breath in and follow the feeling. And usually in a breath, in a split second, I will know the time, the place, the incident or the stage in life that really needs healing or Uh accepting Uh or taking care of that the adult in me, the man in me needs to say to that part of me, it's okay, I'm here, it's no longer going on and integrate that and move on. And I believe that the pain that I demand in my life is as I want more, something will come up saying please release me let me go right and other cheap Engelbert Humperdinck songs (laughs) 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 because when I do when I accept that when I know that then I am available to much more of life yes um the other thing that I wanted to say and this has certainly saved my relationship a lot of hassle and so many marriages that I've worked with is when the other person, when your partner comes debriefing the pain and the sadness and the sorrow and the turmoil and everything before opening your mouth and jumping in there to fix it, say, do you want me to listen or would you like me to do something? Right. And very often it's no, just listen. Mm-hmm. And that can be quite challenging for a boy or for a male because that means that I have to witness you in your pain and feel my pain 
and just sit with it and be with it rather than rescuing and stopping the pain. Right. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be here with me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm. God, I, I feel like a grown up today. <laughs> <laughs> but the man in me really knows how to set the boy in me free to play. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I want in my life. It's like, I want to, I want to express all of these aspects of me so that I can explore and have these great adventures and these amazing experiences and feel all of my feelings. Yeah. Alongside. Yeah. yeah. And I would love to have someone hold my hand and walk with me along the way. Mm. My wife and I, um, when we find ourselves in a deserted hotel corridor, we look at each other without saying anything, with a little cheeky twinkle in our eye, and we pull our hands out, and we hold hands, and mm. we skip. Mm. And it's very rare that we get caught. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's great the smell of yeah. thinking and behaving and yeah. like, set your spirit free yeah yeah i mean that's that's the beauty i think of of true love <laughs> is that you can be completely free and yeah. be completely connected simultaneously mm. yeah it's 200 percent at least it's yeah. not 50 50 in yeah, this country yeah, yeah. so many people say my other half or my better yeah. half yeah. And I'm thinking, well, that's a bit of a bad deal. What, too cheap, two for the price of one, but right. it's going to be cheap. Right. <laughs> I'd rather have one good one. <laughs> that's what I say. I say one plus one doesn't equal two. One plus one equals infinity. Yeah. 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 And that's the alchemy of love. Yes, it really, really is. Um, mm. I think we need to have many, many more of these conversations, Kenny. <laughs> It's been so easy. It's been so great to hang, hang out in this <sighs> sacred space. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I, my last question that I, um, that I ask my interviewees is, uh, how do you define real love? How do I define real love? A definition Probably, I just can't define it in my head. I think it might be more from a feeling just below the layer of my skin, the top layer of my skin. Mm. I think that that's where it is. And that can be um, triggered by anything from touch to a sound, to a memory, to a smell. Mm -hmm. um, there's another way also where it's when I'm on the verge of tears. Uh, this is getting a bit soppy, isn't it? I mean, there's also the, the fun, fun love stuff, but I love the way that um, I drink water quite a lot, especially in interviews and things, because my heart can open so much. Uh -huh. um, and the opening... It's just like it's connection um, and then tears want to flow because it's just cracking freer and flowing. 
But, you know, if I started crying all the time, then it would be a distraction and then it has to be processed. So I'd rather be connected and just have the answer. <laughs> so, so if people want to um, connect with you more, Kenny, and find out more about your work, how do they get in touch with you? Um, I have the manwhisperer.co.uk as a website. And on the Man Whisperer website, I really need to update it because it's a bit of a shambles, but I think it's done the work with me or something like that questionnaire, which is a really handy way to like get your story out of you and know yourself better. It's a nice first step. Can, and can then you, I also can you, have mensgroups.co.uk and with mensgroups. Yeah. Can so you repeat that? Yeah. Dot, sorry. Yeah, that's right. So there's the manwhisperer.co.uk and with the manwhisperer.co.uk, it might be on the work with me, but there's a link where you get a story out of you um, and just taking the first step of living into a new story. Okay. Um, and under, is it stopped again? No, it, it, it's going. Oh, good. And under mensgroups.co.uk, you can download the ground rules and the check-in round so you can start your own men's group straight away. There's a few videos and things. But men's group, men's group. Women can use it. Groups of friends can use it. It's yeah. about conscious, connected yeah. communication. Yes. So mensgroups.co.uk, themanwhisperer.co.uk, take the freebies, click buttons that make you connected to me and say hello. And yeah, yeah, breathe into goodness. Yeah, oh, I am so thankful that we had this conversation. I mean, I'm so glad that uh, we connected in London, and I yeah. feel like I feel like there's more, more, more to come. Yeah, here's hoping. Here's hoping. <laughs> so, um, if anyone would like to connect with me. Uh, you can find me at the Awakening with Dawn, uh, and of course the Wake Up to Real Love podcast. I'm sure everyone who listens to this conversation will be clamoring for more. So subscribe and share with all of your friends. I mean, both Kenny and I are here to embrace the all of who we are. You know, our authentic selves, being real, and and integrating all of those both masculine and feminine aspects of ourselves so that we can be fully embodied and show up and have the most incredible life and create the most incredible connections with both ourselves and with others. So, uh, you know, as I said uh, earlier in the, in the podcast, the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. And it's obviously, it's obvious to me, Kenny, that you have an amazing relationship with yourself. So I really appreciate you coming here today. Hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. So thank you. Um, thank you listeners and subscribe and wake up to more real love every day. Take care and we'll see you next time. Bye.